Welcome to Warren Radio with your hosts, the Watchman Dana Smith and Tower. Thanks for listening. Greetings in the name of the Lord and welcome to Warren Radio. This is Tower and I'm here with the Watchman and we are glad you joined us. Please send all your prayer requests and correspondence to us through our contact page at warn-usa.com. You can listen to our Warn Radio episodes on warn-usa.com and danaglinsmith.com. Warn Radio is now on the following platforms. Amazon Prime Music in Podcast, Spreaker, Blueberry, iHeartRadio, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Play Music, Blog Talk Radio, Podcast Addict, CastBox, Google Podcast, Deezer, Spotify, Anchors, and Pocket Cast. And do not miss these posts on warn-usa.com and danaglinsmith.com. A conversation in character about the end of days in America and the books of the Steel series, namely Steel the Darkness and The Rising, both about end of days in America. Gun control. Even our forefathers warned us of the dangers of those who would take away our nation and our rights. Read this short and informative article titled Gun Control. Talk to your guns immediately. Christians Unvarnished Today Christians Unvarnished Truth Today stands as a direct challenge to today's society. There is no doubt as the coming of the Lord approaches, the nations of men fall further under the deception of darkness. Cup of Sorrows The battle for truth and righteousness finds it in the time of sorrows, commonly called the last days or the last of the last days. The following are the latest posts on warn-usa.com. Prophecy News World Classic Events Warren Radio presents this episode looking back on important news. Events are discussed involving a vigil to get Pastor Andrew Brunson out of prison. Global shaking as nations find themselves in crisis. It is here that the gospel goes forth and radical opposition rises against it as well. That's global shaking, life or death. Christians flee, classic at Warren Radio. Be sure to get your copy of The Rising. The Rising is a Christian fiction thriller by the watchman Dana G. Smith. Everything was okay, or so they thought. A truth so unbelievable, it took a miracle to fight back. Don't miss The Rising. The Rising continues the story of Mac, a former black ops sniper, and details the takeover of America. Hidden within the storyline of The Rising is the truth of what's happening in America now. You can get your copy of The Rising on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Books A Million, Ingram, Walmart, and The Rising eBook can be found on Google Play. You can also get your copy of The Rising by going to danaglinsmith.com. And while on the site, be sure to sign up for the WIBR Warren Radio Newsletter. And now I welcome in the Watchman. You're listening to Warren Radio on the WIBR Warren Radio Network. Don't forget to visit our websites at warren-usa.com and danaglinsmith.com. And also follow us on Twitter, find us on Instagram, and join us on LinkedIn.
Greetings, Dana. How are you doing tonight? Well, you know, in spite of the election, I'm doing good. Yeah, it's... Greetings, Dana. How are you doing tonight? Doing good. Doing good. We got more snow today, a little bit of snow. But it is definitely spring snow. So we know that spring has sprung. This is actually the 16th. We began our spring the 1st of March, which is a little early. We do that every day, all, all the time. Um, so then you got 20th as a real spring. And then we go, well, it's not going downhill from there, but it's easy sailing. We normally get a good amount of, uh, I'll bet you didn't know you got the weather forecast, did you? When you tune into our podcast broadcast, you never know what you're going to get. Yep, we may give you a notification. We may tell you about weather somewhere. We may even give you some politics. But this is about Isaiah. This week, you're going to feel like you're in the New Testament. That's cool. Well, that is cool. It is. You know, we're preaching Jesus and we're in Isaiah. I know, it's exciting. Yeah, because these are prophecies that pertain to Yeshua, Jesus. So, here we are. Okay. Despised and Rejected, Isaiah's Prophetic Book, Part 165 on Battle Lines. Despised and rejected of men, this phrase is one description of the Messiah found in Isaiah 53. These prophecies back up by the apostles, backed up by the apostles and the early church resonate to us today. Herein is the truth and the word of God joining verse by verse to present a clear picture of our Redeemer and Lord Jesus Christ, Yeshua HaMashiach. Christ Jesus was the arm of the Lord that brought to us deliverance, faith, miracles, signs, and much more, including a home in heaven, joining not just Gentiles but Jews, for this also reveals the nations of them that are saved. We are brought nigh by the power of God, the truth of his word, and the proof that in God and our Father is no darkness. He is light and truth, and through the redemption found in Christ, there is a path forward to find that soul-saving power of God. And to that I say, Amen. And back now back to you. I'll see you on the other side. Yep. It's really amazing when you look at this. And, you know, when you first get into um, knowing things in Scripture... There's a lot of things that, you know, I mean, right from the get-go, they talk about. He was despised and rejected of men. Now, that's the first little portion of Isaiah 53. Now, that's a fact. And we, we utilize that, and that's found in Isaiah. And you wouldn't think a prophet like Isaiah would have anything to do with Yahshua and the coming Messiah. But you see, the Messiah, yes, he's going to build a kingdom. Yes, he's going to have a place for everyone that receives him and walk in his ways. He is going to be the overcoming Messiah. The warrior Messiah. David He's known as the greater son of David. David was a warrior king. Yahshua is a warrior king. But you see, many that, uh, you know, they ask him, if you read the Gospels, you know, if, if you are the Christ, then tell us. If you are that Messiah. And many also said, well, he's got to be the Messiah. And they knew about these prophecies. 
but when we go through this, he is despised. <coughs> he is rejected of men. He is a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. Now, when you think of a Messiah, when you think of a messianic figure, <clears throat> when you think of the Son of God, and especially when you know that in Revelation chapter 1, he calls himself the Almighty. That's a God title, Almighty. And you wouldn't think someone that's almighty is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows, and acquainted with grief. But when you look at the type and personage of Jesus Christ, and he, he taught this, you know, he said, I'm the door to the sheepfold. I am the way, the truth, and the life, and nobody comes out of the Father but by me. He was known as the Lion of the tribe of Judah. He was known as the Lamb of God. John called him, Behold, the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sins of the world. He raised Lazarus from the dead, and when he was hanging on the cross, the Jews used that on him. You know, he could save others, but he couldn't save himself. He could save himself, but he wasn't going to. Because he had to go to the cross to seal the blood of the covenant. This is what's described. He was despised, rejected of men, a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief. We hid our faces from him. He was despised and we esteemed him not. In other words, we did not honor him. We did not um, care for him, favor him. Because during the time of his crucifixion everybody forsook him and the father turned his back on him because he can't look on sin because he had to be made sin for us and he he died and was rejected you know rejected of men he died he was resurrected from the dead and he became the first fruits and all those who believe in him are born again. They are the fruits of what he's done. The fruits of his labors. And if we look at Romans 1, 16 through 7, 17. Paul says here, For I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth to the Jew first and to the Greek. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. You know, for without faith, Scripture says, it is impossible to please God. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. And the arm of the Lord here in Romans 1.16 the arm of the Lord is a phrase we find throughout the, uh, the Testament the old and the new. The arm of the Lord is Joshua. He was that arm. The Father sent him to redeem mankind and Yeshua became the arm of the Lord when the Lord our God and our Father was delivering the Jews from Babylon the anointed of the Lord was Cyrus and the arm of the Lord was Cyrus and God used them used him to deliver Judah. This is how the Lord works. Now you see he's already sealed the covenant. He's already brought in. The power of God. And as Christian today. Because of what Christ has done. We are overcomers. 
we can resist the devil and he'll flee from us. We are the sons and daughters of God. We have been born again of the Spirit. And if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another and the blood of Jesus Christ the Son will cleanse us from all unrighteousness. None of that would be possible without Yahshua going to the cross. Not a whit of it. And so Isaiah rightly describes in this, he was despised and rejected of men. A man of sorrows, acquainted with grief, and we hid as it were our faces from him. He was despised and we esteemed him not. And that, I'll tell you, why would you despise, uh, you know, esteem someone or admire them if they're despised and rejected of men? Nobody's going to do that. And everybody turned their back on him. And Peter denied him. But the good thing of it is, it doesn't stop there. In 1 Corinthians 1.18, you know, today, if you talk to the world about the cross, if you talk to, you know, just about anybody, you know, there's many of them that considers any kind of religion worthless. And there's those that consider the preaching of the cross foolishness. Paul encountered it, all the apostles did. But they rightly point out in 1 Corinthians 1.18 for the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. See, the world thinks it's foolish. But unto us which are saved. Now that's past tense. Saved. Paul was still on the earth when he wrote that. But unto us which are saved. You know, and I've talked to Jews about this, and they don't like the fact that we use the past tense saved. Are you saved? Yes, I'm saved. Why do you say that? Because we are to live by faith. Being born again and saying, I might be saved, you're not saved. Because you have to recognize and you have to speak it. This is faith. For without faith, it says, it is impossible to please God. For those that come to God must believe that this God is, that is, he exists, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So we go to our Father through Yahshua, Jesus Christ. When we have troubles or sorrows or whatever, we can come not only willingly, but happily under the throne of grace to find help in time of need. And so we, we step out of Isaiah 53 and verse 3. And let's go back to verse 3. He's despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows acquainted with grief. He was acquainted with grief. He was despised and rejected. In other words, he knew what that felt like. And on the cross, while he was hanging there, the father turned his back. So he knew what it was like that one brief moment when God had turned his back on the Son of God. This is the fulfillment of the atonement that enables people to be saved today. When the blood is shed and he was on that cross, that's a curse being killed on a cross so verse 4 says surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows yet we did esteem him stricken smitten of God and afflicted so you look at the two verses And you have the same thing, despised, rejected, a man of sorrows, 
acquainted with grief, despised, and esteemed not. They're written in a different way. But the bottom line of it is, is Christ Jesus bore our grief, and Isaiah is writing about it. It's not Paul. But Paul saw this, and so did the other apostles, and they used that. Because that's a prophecy of the Lord. He carried our sorrows. He bore your sins on that cross too. Because when you believe in him and his work on the cross, your sins are transposed from you, taken from you, hidden into the depths of the sea. And you're, you don't have to worry about that. And so we have two verses here that tell you the things that, you know, happen. Well, you would think the Son of God. You would think everybody would have welcomed him with open arms. But you know what the Lord says. He says, if they persecute you, know they persecuted me before they persecuted you. And today, the persecuted church, there's a lot of people that are persecuted just because they're Christians. Even in America. And we heard uh, the vice president along with others, you know, and they, they had plotted in this J6 thing. And there's a lot of conservative and Christians. So they were mouthing right up there in front of the news saying that we need to uh, chase down every Christian and every patriot. Now that's a fact. And so, you know, you have to understand, as a Christian, you need to understand something. You have Christians today around the world that have grief and sorrow. They're stricken, they're smitten, they're afflicted, and they're in jail. They're not sitting here in a rich nation, maybe mumbling to yourself because you don't like having Biden as a president. You don't like the way things are going. But see, there is a difference between you and the ones overseas. Overseas, they get killed. Their villages are burnt. Their women are stolen from them and sold into some kind of slavery. Their young men are taken and forced into some kind of combat, military, you know. In China, you may not get killed, but Christians have to be very, very careful. Because Z has cracked down. They used to be able to have churches in China. And these are the ones that are not the three house churches. The government sanctioned churches. Iran does the same thing. Now Albert Barnes talks about this. And he says, Those who had despised and rejected the Messiah had greatly erred in condemning him on account of his suffering and humiliation. We had turned away from him in horror and contempt, he says. We suppose that he was suffering on account of some great sin of his own. But in this we erred. It was not for his sins, but for ours. It was not that he was smitten of God for his own sins. It's as if he had been among the worst of mortals. But it was because he had taken our sins and was suffering for them. You know, you think about it. You're here in America. You have a nice church to go to. You have a good job. You have a house. Whatever. And you're a Christian. He's bore your sins. But see, you live in a big house. Your family's beautiful. You got a great job. You got everything. And you're going to one of the best churches there are. People could look at you and say, you know, he must be a mighty fine Christian. He's got everything. 
But you see, in America, we're soft. In the churches, we're soft. It's not about all the things. It's about walking in that light as Christ is that light. And the thing of it is, is when you're looking at this through Isaiah's prophecies, and understand that these are the prophecies that the apostles were studying. They were all studying these. They knew the whole of the Torah and the Tanakh. They knew every book. Paul especially knew. He was a Pharisee of the Pharisee. And, and so when he finally came to the Lord, he spent a lot of time studying all this. Now see, it's easy for you and me because we got a New Testament. Paul's writings are in it. And, and the others. These are God-breathed scriptures. Timothy talks about that. And you have these apostles who were spirit-filled, who saw the Messiah. And Isaiah details to the T the things that went on. In Isaiah 53.11 He shall bear their iniquities. And see, this is like if I was preaching the gospel from any one of the New Testaments. And see, this is what you need to understand and what many of you probably already do. And that is, the New Testament was made available for those of us who weren't there. But there are people that knew that there was a Messiah coming. And Simeon, in the beginning of the Gospels, and, you know, I think the other one was Anna. But at any rate, both of them recognized the Messiah when he was a baby. Because he, he knew that through the Spirit. And that's why Yahshua is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. That's why he is the Almighty in Revelation 1. That's why his enemies will tremble in fear. That's why when he comes he'll destroy those who have destroyed the earth. That's why when he comes his kingdom will be here. That's why when he comes he will judge the nations. Matthew 8.17 That it might be fulfilled which was spoken by Isaiah or Isaiah the prophet saying himself took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. Matthew 8.17 Why do you think we believe in divine healing? Because divine healing healing is in the covenant for when Christ healed us of our sins we have that other good little attachment and that is healing and we can believe in things Yahshua talked about all those things that you could ask him if you believe whatsoever you sayeth if you come to the father my name and you you know if you believe in your heart what you say is going to come to pass I mean he goes into detail and that's why even though we have such a mess in America with the Biden administration. That's why we have people that are liars in the Biden administration. And there's also a globalist push from the WEF and others. These people are evil. And they're wicked. But we know that this was coming. The scripture told us this was coming. And as Christians you should not be surprised at what's happening. And at the same time, 
You've got revival breaking out in America. And only in God's economy can you find judgment on a nation that will absolutely destroy it if somebody doesn't repent. And at the same time, saving people and delivering them who were in that nation headed for judgment. When God delivered the Jews from Babylon, Babylon fell in judgment, but Judah was released in victory. And that's what God does with his people. When the devil's in front of you, you've got a million warrior angels behind you. But they're standing behind the Lord of glory, Yahshua, who's got his hand on your shoulder because he knows that you have him in his heart, in your heart. You don't know. There are tests out there coming. But when I see Isaiah 53 and what Isaiah was saying in the midst of everything going on, that man knew what was coming. As did Moses when he told the children of Israel, there will come a man like me. He was a prophecy, one of the first prophecies of the coming of the Lord. The very first one is the seed of the woman prophecy in Genesis. In Galatians 3, 13 through 14, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangs on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. You see, Isaiah gave the initial prophecies. But the apostles brought the fulfillment of those prophecies. Because they're connected. Isaiah's, Isaiah gives us the roots to the prophecy. The New Testament gives us the fulfillment of those prophecies. And you're living it. These prophecies are here and viable today and you're living it. Those are alive. You're not sitting there unredeemed and if you are, you can be redeemed. You don't have to die on the cross for your sins because Christ did it for you. You don't have to be obliged to every demon in hell because you own them because of Jesus Christ. The devil will flee. They said, resist the devil and he will flee from you. We're reading the fulfillment of what Christ did. And that's just the tip of the tentacle here. And while we sit here, we've got people planning for a globalist new world order. They have plans to destroy, to take over, and to form their own little utopia. But you see, what they don't know is there will be no utopia. Because man is sinful. And there's only one way to get rid of that. And that's through the Messiah, Yahshua, Jesus Christ our Lord. Hebrews 9.27. I'm giving you these New Testament scriptures so you know. When you look at Isaiah, you can see, well, this is where it's fulfilled. And it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this the judgment. So Christ was offered to bear the sins of many, and unto them that look for him shall he appear the second time without sin unto salvation. The second time. He's already come the first time. The second time is coming. And just like the apostles met Christ when he came the first time we're going to meet Christ when he comes the second time but this time he's coming as the almighty as the word of God fulfilled in 
he is coming to put down every enemy of God. First Peter two twenty two through twenty four. His own self bear our sins and his own body on the tree. See, there's a difference here. You know, I know there's a lot of religions in the world and these are idols. But see, our God came and died for us and resurrected from the dead and is at the right hand of the Father ever living to make intercession for the saints. And see, these things are viable for the Jews. Isaiah and the Gospels are quite clear. God has not thrown out the Jews. And yeah, they're going to have trouble. We're all going to have trouble. Life isn't easy. The Lord said you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. Now you see, when Joshua came, 1 Peter 2, 22-24, we were talking who did no sin, neither was guile found in his mouth. Who, when he was reviled, reviled not again. When he suffered, he threatened not, but committed himself to him that judgeth righteously. You know, they slapped the Lord. And, and I'm impressed with this because he's he's there in 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 the, the high priest is there. The enemy was the priest, and the enemy of the people in times past in Israel were the priests too, because they were leading them astray. And so they slapped him. One of the one of the guards slapped him because of what he said to the to the high priest. If you want to know what I said. Go into the temple and ask them. They know what I said. I talked to them. And so the guard hits him. And he says, If I have done evil, bear witness of the evil. Otherwise, why smitest thou me? Now you're sitting in a chair and some dude comes up and slaps you. How many people are just going to sit there without getting up and pounding him one? But see, he didn't get mad. And he didn't do anything but look at him and bring, you know, the law into it. Hey, I didn't do anything. And you just hit me. And that's why in verse 23, Who, when he is reviled, reviled not again. And when he suffered, he threatened not, but committed himself to him that judgeth righteously. He brought up. I like the way he answered. Because it wasn't offensive. It wasn't threatening. He was just, I was daily teaching in the temple. Ask them. They know what I said. In other words, go find a witness. But they wouldn't do that. Because the witnesses would tell him that he taught about the kingdom of God. And in verse 24 of Second Peter, who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree, that we being dead to sin should live unto righteousness by whose stripes you were healed. Now that's where the atonement of Christ hooks up with healing. We call that divine healing. We can pray for people for healing. Because Christ bore those stripes that they gave him. And by his stripes we were healed. Because those stripes, his blood ran out. He shed his blood for us. He suffered. And we can go to 1 Peter 3.18 and it says this. For Christ also has once suffered for sins, the just for the unjust, 
that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but quickened by the Spirit. See, we're quickened by the Spirit too. We have promises through Christ. We have power. We're not just believers in Jesus Christ so someone can slaughter us, beat us up, and spit on us. But I want you to know that there is a power that comes with being a believer. You can cast out demons. You can command the dead to come alive. There's a lot of things in Christ Jesus. And the, as the American church is here and those who may hear me far away, it's time for us to stop playing kindergarten because we've already been to college and we've graduated because we have Christ. We should not be in the kindergarten books. We should be in the books where it's casting out demons. It's spitting on evil and triumphing over it, walking through the fires of hell and coming out pure and clean. And so when I read Isaiah, I don't see a Jewish prophet. I see a prophet of God that happens to be Jewish. I see the prophet of God, but I also see his Jewishness. When I see Peter, all the apostles, they're Jewish. And yet the Jews rejected the witness. I mean, you, you throw out Judas, like the Judas goat, throw him out. You still have a lot of witness there that are Jews that are telling you that witness firsthand that this is the Son of God. You killed him. He shed blood. And he, we saw him. 500 of us saw him alive, walking and breathing, and it wasn't a spirit. It wasn't bones. You know, it, it wasn't uh, a spirit, but he had bones and flesh and this is after he was resurrected. I mean, what part of that don't you understand? Because you live in 2000-something, and we have a lot of technology, so you got mud for brains and you can't understand? Well, I'll tell you what, if you're doubted, I challenge you to seek the Lord Jesus Christ and put him to the test. Because this is the difference. God has filled us with fire. And we sit here like a bunch of lumps. And we take all this nonsense from these people. And that's okay. But remember, you can rebuke those spirits in those people. And when they need help, you can pray for them. Like if they're sick, this is how some of the pastors eventually get killed over there, especially in India. There was this one pastor we used to talk about. He was prolific. He would go around to houses, and they, they would call him because, of course, the other people around him, nobody knew how to heal anybody. And you'd call this pastor who represented Jesus Christ. He'd just go over there and pray prayers with him. And they'd get all healed. So the whole family would come to the Lord. Then all the Hindus would get mad at him. Because now the entire family is Christian. Well, one time it caught up to him and they killed him. So now he's in glory as a martyr. But see, that's the cost. And 53.5, this is one of the, this is one that is a great one for healing. But he was wounded, that is another word for that is tormented, for our transgressions, our sins. He was bruised for our iniquities. And the chastisement of our peace was upon him. 
and with his stripes we are healed. See, man has sin and iniquity the minute he's born. And then there are those things we do after we're grown up, after we reach the age of accountability. Those are our sins and iniquities. See, we were... See, you're not a... You're not a sinner because you go out and do something wrong. You go out and do something wrong because you are a sinner. And what Christ does is brings forgiveness to you for that original sin. And he gives you the power to live above it. But if you need healing, I lost I lost track of how many times I pray for healing and I said because with his stripes we are healed. You're not only healed of your sins of iniquity, but when you are looking for healing, physical healing, this is a scripture you can use. See, he was wounded. That's his actual sufferings as a you know, as the Messiah. The piercing of his hands, his feet, and his side. That first original one I was talking about earlier is in Genesis 3.15. I will put an enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed, and it shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. Because out of the woman... That's where Yahshua was born. And yet in his life, he went to the cross and the devil tried to kill him, thinking this is what we need to do. And his enemies tried to kill him. So they killed him, they put him in the tomb. After three days he is resurrected. Now see, he didn't appear to his enemies. He appeared to his followers and those who loved him. And so there's things coming that as a Christian you're going to know about. When he comes to get his people, you will know about it. They won't. When you get delivered, when this thing is all over, and there's a great white throne judgment, and there is a platform where you see God Almighty and the Son up there and the judgment but all the believers are on the glorious side you'll be witness to everything and you will see the judgment of God and you will see why you will be so happy and so glad you made the right choice. You know, and I was thinking of a scripture today, and this is it's here. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. And today you need that kind of help. For God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. That's what you need. Because God is not creating victims. He is creating little Jesuses. <laughs> little Christ. But they're not, you know... If they happen to go to a cross and die, that's all right. They'll be resurrected in glory, and, and, and they'll be so glad. It's a no-lose situation.
1 Peter 2.24 Who his own self bear our sins in his body on that tree, that we, being dead to sin, should live under righteousness by whose stripes we were healed. Now see, you're dead to sins if you belong to Christ. Do you know that? And so if you're dead to sins, live unto righteousness. And remember, by, by whose stripes we were healed. Now here's a good one. This is out of Hebrews 9, 11 through 15. But Christ being come a high priest of good things to come. And by the way, he was a high priest, but not after the flesh. For the priests were priests of the Levitical order, the Levites. He was a priest after Melchizedek, who had no beginning and end. The priesthood that Christ fulfills, no ordinary man can fulfill. And that's the difference. He's come a high priest of good things to come by a greater, more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, that is to say, not of this building neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood. He entered in once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. For if the blood of bulls and goats and the ashes of heifer, sprinkling the unclean, sanctify to the purifying of the flesh, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal Spirit, offered himself without spot to God, purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God? And for this cause he is the mediator of the New Testament, that by means of death for the redemption of the transgressions that were under the First Testament, they which are called might receive the promise of eternal inheritance. Now when Isaiah was writing all that, he was Isaiah the prophet. In English, that's what it was. And he himself, he was subject to the Old Covenant. But yet his writings revealed the New Covenant and still dealt with certain things that they all were facing. Isaiah 53 6 All we like sheep have gone astray we have turned everyone to his own way and the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all First Peter 2:25 for you were sheep going astray but are now returned to the shepherd and bishop of your souls. Even Israel was going astray. All of mankind was going astray. He just didn't die for the Jews. He just didn't die for us Christians. He died for everybody. And there are literal people all over the world that have been redeemed. He said in Matthew 11, For the Son of Man has come to save that which was lost. Verse 12, he says, How thank you if a man have a hundred sheep and one of them be gone astray? Does he not leave the ninety and nine and go through the mountains and seeketh that which has gone astray? If so be that he find it, verily I say unto you, he rejoices more of that sheep than the ninety and nine which went not astray. In other words, the Lord wants to bring people back to him.
Romans 3.23. Now this is one they use a lot. For all of sin to come short of the glory of God. Romans 5.12 is another good one. Wherefore is by one man sin entered into the world and death by sin. So death passed unto all men for that all have sinned. Romans 3.10. As it is written there is none righteous no not one. Verse 11, there is none that understandeth, there is none that seeketh after God. Verse 12, they are all gone out of the way, they are together become unprofitable. There is none that doeth good, no, not one. That's why Christ had to come. And if you think the world is in a hell of a mess, you're right. And if you're a Christian and you think it's bad, Well, you know, I'm sorry, but God didn't send you here for you to gripe about it. We are to be the lights. We are the ones to bring heaven to these people. We are the ones to bring healing to the sick. That's even to the blind and the lame. I mean, Scripture has no limits. And as I told you earlier, But without faith, it is impossible to please God. So I would say to this generation of Americans, where's your faith? And I'm not criticizing. I'm just telling you the truth. Because I see a lot of young kids, BLM and Antifa and others, who spend a lot of their time stealing and doing things that they're going to go to hell for. They have been trained and taught everything except the truth. America needs the truth and we need preachers we need both men and women and I mean a man a man and a woman a woman we need to understand we're separate and we're here to be a light and you're listening to the gospel as Isaiah poured it out and you're also listening to the apostles as they quoted Isaiah Father, we thank you for your word today. We ask that you would bless those that hear this whenever they hear it. We pray, Father, that you would bless them and help them and be with them. And in Jesus' name, I bind you, Satan, in the powers of darkness from the preaching, teaching, streaming, and receiving of this word in Jesus' name. Okay, Tower. Okay. I just love Isaiah, and I just, I think it's so amazing that God foretold all what was going to come to pass. Yeah. And I, I love it. I'm thankful to the Lord for what he did for us. I'm thankful for his sacrifice. Yes. That was huge. I mean, I wouldn't do it. Well, the good thing of it is you don't have to. I know. And I'm not God either. I don't have that. And the reason power. you couldn't have done it or anybody else it's because the Lamb of God had to be perfect. And only the Son of God had those qualifications. Yeah. So we got to well, get out of here. I, I would, um, I'll have to explain that some other time. But um, yes, thank you all for joining us whenever you do. We love you and we pray for you. And may God richly bless you for all you do for him. Stay safe and look to the Lord in all your situations, and he will make a way. Good night, everybody. Don't forget to go by our websites at warren-usa.com, danaglinsmith.com. Pick up a copy of my book, either Steal the Darkness of the Rising, go to danaglinsmith.com and to our shop. Check it all out. We'll see you next time. Shalom. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Warren Radio.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.